so thrilled to have my friend and she is my friend back on the show navier is a friend of the cosmic salon of course but she also pops in here and there in the speakeasy and we do chats over there as well here when we can sync it up but today is a marquee cat for the world out on the greater marquee out in the ethers of everywhere the cosmic salon gets illuminated and i think it's like 156 countries y'all so i'm gonna bring on navier alora and as an opening i'm gonna let for those of you that may be new to encountering navier because it has been a while since i've had her on out here uh, let navier give you a little bit of what she's all about she does these amazing readings and she's multifaceted and uh, very similar in vibe to things I talk about and do and have done in my life. And so with that, I will wait no longer. Miss Navier, hello, darling. Hello, beautiful sister. I'm so delighted to be here. Hello, everyone listening. Thank you for having me on, Nish. It's always an <laughs> honor and great pleasure to be here. And this morning when I was going through notes on my phone and different things, I had a memory that had like an Instagram post, I think, of three years ago, I was advertising on my Instagram that I was on your, <laughs> the Cosmic Salon. So, <laughs> Gosh, can it be that long ago? My God. Oh, it just feels like it yesterday is. when I launched the Cosmic Salon off of the obelisk. So... Yeah, it's, I know from <laughs> and from that was from Nox Minte and just we just keep linking, don't we? We just keep moving. So, Navier, what is it exactly you do in the world? I know some people know the Mayan stuff, but you do a lot of stuff. So for people that may not be familiar with your services and the mood and vibe you put out in the world, which is a beautiful service, by the way. Bring people up to date with who you are. Who are you, Navier? Who am I? KNS. Well, interesting place to start. I just launched a new, it's like a website scheduler. It's super easy to update from my phone because I'm off grid, which is a technological challenge to be out in the world in service, doing the things I do. I need for people to connect with me easily. So I've... Sort of put it up to the universe. Like, if you want me to do this work, I need support from some tech folks and someone from the Silicon Valley, an old friend of mine from when I lived at the ashrams, just texted me and said, how are you doing? What's going on? And I said, I'm drowning. I need help with this. And they said, I can help you. And took one Zoom call and they set up this really super easy scheduler and 
Now people can see my offerings, book from their availability and my availability and pay right from the site. Like, welcome to the 21st century, <laughs> a wandering witch psychic services. So that's oh, something to celebrate. Yeah. It's huge for me. <laughs> that's awesome. Convenience is such a good thing in this field because all that other stuff just sucks our energy dry. Absolutely. I don't want to think about it. I want it to be super easy for myself and for the clients. So some of the services that I offer above board now on my website are, I call them candle services, but it's like an infusion of distance Reiki, candle magic with intention. And some of them also include like a custom sigil that's prayed over. And I like to do elemental magic. So I'll go harvest Oh, it's, I just got emotional. I just love my land so much and where I live and connecting to the the flower devas and deities of the land, I feel is a huge aspect of what I do, kind of creating this like mm, super condensed altar of of light and intention. And I love offering that to folks. Another thing that I do is the Mayan astrology dream spell or galactic astrology, it's also called. I offer personal readings so you can understand where you fall into this really cool and unique system of galactic astrology. And I also love to do relationship readings with this. So you would take like you and I together and we would add up what our tribes and tones equal to see where our gifts are, where our challenges are, where our um, illumination is. And that's good for couples that are romantic. And also I've done entire families. I've done entire like companies. I've done entire households. It's really cool to see how everyone works together and what that creates, what our specific energy and frequency creates. And I also do 13 sign astrology. So a sidereal astrology, it's like the actual sky. I've been interested in astrology since I was wee little child. And I remember all of the sun signs of my primary school kids. <laughs> I just have one of those odd memories for things like that. And I've always been intrigued with how the celestial bodies affect us on earth. And I think it was around 2020, like in the beginning of the pandemic, yes, I was hearing this like high self voice or ancestor voice saying, look up at the sky, look up at the sky. And I'm like, I'm looking, what? And I realized that my tropical astrology wasn't matching the sky above, the actual sky, the sky that I could track with my star app. And I kind of like put it all away, kind of disgruntled and didn't know what was going on. I realized, okay, so tropical astrology is more seasonal astrology, and sidereal astrology is more aligned with what's actually going on in the sky currently. And I had to like redefine or look into what the definition of astrology is for me. And I was like, okay, if astrology is the effect of the celestial bodies upon me and us here in the earth realm, then I'm only interested in what's going on in the actual sky above me. And that's kind of where I've diverged from a lot of more mainstream astrology things. So some of the things I'll talk about here aren't what you're going to 
hear from the tropical astrologers. And it's a little bit of a different take on things. And so I offer that. And my first love, honestly, is is tarot. I've been doing that since I was 18. So it's some years, some decades now. And I also do the Akashic Records. That's another huge part of what I do. So tapping into parallel and past lives. It seems like some folks will contact me with this reoccurring issue or theme. And I can just sense that it's not rooted in this lifetime. There's something deeper. There's something older. There's something outside of this existence. And for the past 15 years or so, I've noticed that sometimes it has a, a root in the, in a parallel life, which is a really cool whole can of worms. And sometimes it has a root in a past life. And we're able to dive deep into that. Sometimes if the folks are psychically gifted, they can see what I see, which is really cool. But sometimes it's just like me watching a movie and explaining the the vision to them. And then we kind of like unravel the knot together. And yeah, I feel like I like to illuminate what is hidden for folks and uplift and empower people however I can and whatever bag of tricks I have available to me. You're a powerhouse out there, everyone that encounters you that I know personally has loved everything you've done for them, your work. And you definitely have been service to the outer world in service. And I thank you for that. So I've asked you on today for a little look at 2024 through these different modes of scrying of science the old sciences that you delve into, what could be coming up? And I think you said you're going to just give us a little backup starting in possibly January. The floor is yours, my dear. What's going on for our year? It's juicy. It really is. So I'm going to start with the basic numerology for 2024 because that's a really good base camp for us to understand that the numerology of the entire year is the number eight. So the number eight from the Mayan system talks about how it's integrity. And when I was meditating on the number eight, I was thinking how it was like a an infinity symbol on its like upright. So there's like this sense of wholeness to it and the sense of flow and the sense of continuity. And in the Mayan, it talks about like harmonizing and being in harmony and modeling integrity. It's such a powerful, autonomous sort of number. Like everything is sort of contained within itself, but there's this duality and there's this top and bottom. You know what I mean? There's so much just in the shape of it. So then I looked up the Mayan dream spell astrology signature for it. It's called the galactic signature. And I wanted to see what that was for January 1st, which kicks off our calendar year, like the official, right? So I look at that and it's a red galactic skywalker, which is tone eight. And I'm like, okay, so here's the eight again. And hope you don't mind if I say that you're a skywalker niche. 
And Skywalker energy is the keywords are explore space and wakefulness. So the the glyph looks like vertical pillars extending to vertical pillars extending from heaven to earth into the underworld with a line straight through it, sort of like the pathway marking the earth three-dimensional realm, right? That we're walking on. We're all kind of existing on this line for the most part. Some of us travel up and down. So it's like this stream of connection between the three different realms, bridging heaven, earth, and the underworld. And the Mayan word for the Skywalker tribe is Ben, B-E-N. And it's explained as the pillars of light. There's this like interdimensional quality going on with the Skywalker. And that's what we're kicking off the year with. And to break it down further, the Skywalker, they call it the red Skywalker. The Skywalker is always going to be red. It's like understood, right? The red Skywalker is one of five red tribes that all are part of this initiator group. So it begins with the red dragon, which initiates birth. So you have to look at it. It's like the core goes back to the birth energy. And then the red serpent stores birth as life force. The red moon processes life force as universal water. And the skywalker outputs universal water as space. And then the red earth self-regulates space as navigation. So it's this link of birth, life force, universal water, space, and navigation. And we look at the Red Skywalker as an outputter of universal water as space. And there's so many links to the ocean, to the interdimensional realms, and space and water sort of merging into the same thing. The personality of the Skywalker is known for their strong opinions, knowing their mind, solidly feeling and knowing what they know. And they're super open to debate and discuss and express, but it's going to take something to talk them out of what their gut is telling them. There's something very, it can look rigid, but I understand it as they just know what they know. And they're not afraid to hold their ground and not people please, which I really honor, especially at this stage of my life. And another interesting note is all of the tribes are associated with a digit, a toe or a finger, which is kind of like a little aside. But the the Skywalker's digit is the left ring finger, which we associate with Saturn and that like bond or law or commitment, right? There's like a relationship that's worn as a symbol, as the Saturnian ring. So just to put that out there. So we have the tone of integrity with the Skywalker in this like exploring space and wakefulness. So this year is mm, doused with this feeling of number eight, the integrity and also with the exploration of the different dimensions and the different worlds. All of the different 
galactic signatures, like, for example, the Red Galactic Skywalker, they all have an origin point. They're all different. This one is the White World Bridger, not to get confusing, but this is the origin of, of death as a great equalizer. And also the World Bridger also points to the interdimensional realms. So it's like the ability to cross the veils, the ability to explore the multi-dimensions. It's, it's a trippy vibe on its own, the Skywalker. And then you look at where the origin route for this particular galactic signature is, and it's the World Bridger. And I'm like, okay. And then we link it to all the Pluto situation going on right now, especially linking the U.S. to its Pluto return, which we'll get to. And also, Pluto just entered Capricorn on January 3rd. That's where I'm beginning. Yeah, this is already very auspicious. And you know I don't mind when you call out aspects of my my Mayan chart and all that. I love it. Okay, good. <laughs> good. It's beautiful. It really is. And it also kind of gives folks that are familiar with your energy and vibe, like, okay, I can kind of understand and relate to the Skywalker uh, persona or tribe personality. Yes. I think it helps. Yeah, I agree. It's always good to do that. And whatever we can do in general in life to get people to a deeper understanding is a gift, in my opinion. So when we can relate ideas and concepts to, say, a person, and so you get an idea for that vibe. On January 3rd, Pluto entered Capricorn in the actual sky, in the sidereal. And this ushered in a new aeon for Pluto. So we have these paradoxical concepts of like power and powerlessness. Pluto is known for its intensity and the, the deep dive. So it's like if Pluto was a force of nature, it would be like a tidal wave suddenly transforming a seaside town irrevocably. Like it's never going to be the same again. And it sort of like comes out of nowhere. And it also has that ebb and flow to it, right? So like anyone who lives on the coast or has lived on the coast knows if you see the tide going way far out, that means the tide is going to come way far in. So there's this sort of balance going on with the concepts here. So we have the long tide going out what happens exposes the bare truth Ex- exposes what's beneath the water that's been hidden or covered up or swallowed right now it's revealed it's there trash uh, sunken ships like who knows right lost things lost continents we don't know i feel like there's a huge mystery kind of waiting to be revealed with this um new aeon of of pluto that's exciting I find it exciting as an explorer, and we already know that we're in new territory. We're in new waters, so to speak. And so this just gets our, well, that that wandering mind, that wandering star within us, it engages that energy in a more curious way. And that's where we're trying to go. We're riding above fear. We're moving into the curious and wonderment of it. Absolutely. And it really is. That's the vibe. That's the that's the current 
to align with in in the year coming and in the years ahead, I think. And I'm going to do my best to connect in in that current, in that wave. So taking a look at the Mayan astrology, when Pluto entered Capricorn just, you know, on the third of the year, so just a few days after um, the actual new year, it kicked in. Pluto entered Capricorn and it was a blue planetary eagle in the Mayan um, dream spell. It sounds just like what it is. It's a planetary participation. There's nowhere to go. There's nowhere to hide. There's nowhere to get exempted from this experience. It's a planetary event. We're all in it together. And one time I was on a medicine journey and I was having, I was living in a community and I was having this sense of like everyone was down by the fire playing music and I didn't want to be there. I wanted to like walk up and down this hill and like connect with the trees. And I was just up and down this hill and people would come up and down the hill to go to the bathroom or get something to drink. And then they'd come back to the fire and that's where they would see me was on this up and down path. And I was having this moment of like, dude, what's wrong with you? Why can't you go and like sit by the fire and be with everybody else? And I was like, that's not what I want to do. I want to wander. I want to walk up and down this mountain. (laughs) Let me do what I want to do. Stop judging me. I was having this (laughs) discussion with myself, you know, I met this, this character. He said, Hey, what's going on? And I told him, you know, I'm having this debate with myself. And he looked at me and he said, everybody's in because they can't be out. Everything is knitted in. And he just carried on his journey. And I said, that's right. Everything (laughs) is knitted in. Nobody's out because everybody's in. There's no out. (laughs) And this is a great representation of that. There is no out. We're all in it together, literally. And looking at the blue planetary eagle, it's a tone 10 of manifestation. And the eagle has so much symbolism, right? I could go for days talking about the eagle. But in this context, the eagle talks about the power of vision and the power of the mind and the power of the mind to create with our vision. And they talk in the Mayan um, dream spell, they talk about how people who uh, manifest as an eagle in this lifetime are old souls that are kind of like scraping the bottom barrel of life for a new experience. They've kind of like been there, done that. And they tend to be maybe adventure sport type folks. All the eagles I've known have all been like world travelers and daredevil type lifestyle, like just... I have nothing to lose. I'm throwing it all into the wind, you know, and going for it. So I feel like there's some um, hinting there of kind of balls deep, you know, (laughs) just go for it and (laughs) like live deeply, live richly, live without fear in this moment, because it's going to take that. I think it's going to take us having that high flying eagle vision just like you were saying of like looking above the fear, rising above the the sort of lower current and the vibes that is going because it's it can swallow you whole if you let it. Yes. And 
being discerning with that power of the beautiful mind that we're given to reason, like literally reason with yourself and don't just take everything that comes across your screens as truth, but let it resonate in your body. Let it sit with you and be like, does this really feel like truth to me? This is something that feels healthy for me to explore and peruse, or do I just need to say thank you very much and leave it and move on and go walk out in the trees or something? Because I feel like the eagle too, being a creature of nature and a bird that has dominion with air and, and land, and there's such a um, majestic quality to it. I had a... Um, particularly otherworldly experience with COVID a few years ago. And it felt like psychic attack. It felt really interdimensional, my experience this one time. And um, I was feeling overwhelmed and like there was a lot of darkness in this, you know, fever dream I was having. And I called out to whoever would help me some benevolent force and an eagle came and it was huge and it brushed up against me with its wings and cleared my energy. And then the dream took a really like lyrical turn from there. And that was my first encounter ever with an eagle being in that liminal space. And wow, it felt so loving and powerful ancient wise i was so grateful for that the other thing i wanted to say is this 1324 galactic signature when pluto went into capricorn blue planetary eagle the higher vibration of this is guided by the night n-i-g-h-t the power of darkness so the glyph of the night it's like the higher higher vision of this the power of the night and the glyph of the night is a parting of the curtain on the horizon. So if you imagine like an image of like a sunset, but then there's a curtain, like two curtains parting the sky, like opening up. So I think there's a lot of clues there that the power of darkness is going to illuminate us and that we might be surprised and maybe delighted at what is there lying beyond the veil. I agree. And I, to me, I can just feel this is uh, unfolding as this year is starting to unfold with it and with us. Whew. I know it's like every day is so packed with, with so much. The next day I want to take a look at is the Chinese new year. And by no means am I a Chinese astrologer, but from the research I did, I know that it's going to be a wood dragon on February 10th. We switch over from, I believe it was the water rabbit, which good riddance, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I'm welcoming <laughs> this new energy of the, the, wood, the wood dragon. So February 10th, 2024, in the Mayan is going to be a red solar skywalker. So again, we have the skywalker showing up. It's not a tone eight, it's a tone nine, but still we have the common theme of the skywalker exploring space and wakefulness. And this 
higher vision of it is guided by the moon, which is the power of universal water. So again, this like space meets the ocean, this um, universal water and liminal liminal reality going on. It It's so interchangeable. I can't even, like when I was researching this, I was like, is this, what is going on here? This is so much of the same vibe, like Tonate and Skywalker and water and yeah. So I wanted to just make a note that the Skywalker tribe, because now this is the second time it's shown up, is part of a collective family called the Signal family. And their work together as a larger group, which I won't get into too much, but the theme of it is we unravel the mystery. That's what they're doing. The Skywalker, your tribe niche is part of this. Unraveling the mystery. We don't need to solve the mystery but we're here for unraveling it. And I feel like this is a key for this year. Like there will be things unraveling. And if we look at it, like it's a mystery unfolding instead of like society collapsing, for example, we can stay uplifted. We can stay in that dreamy space of, you know, this is all a ride kind of vibe. Bill Hicks. (laughs) That is totally how I see it. And I love that this is why this stuff is so meaningful or resonant with me is because that is how I view things. And this whole Skywalker thing really fits in for me, especially when we think about unraveling the mystery and uh, how you've just described all that really is my mindset. So Moving into what is, I think everyone can see is a dark year. I do. And I don't hide. I don't. I make sure to look into the void. I make sure to look into the darkness. I make sure to see what I'm seeing without hiding away from it. And then I try to understand what is it and how is it going to play out and how am I going to dance with these energies to get through and hopefully get through with some learned lessons. And so this year and moving into the next couple is going to be a significant test for all of us. You're definitely at a threshold. It really does feel like that. And the intention that we set as we enter the threshold for all of the magical practitioners out there or psychonauts, whatever you want to call it, that know about moving from realm to realm or level of consciousness to level of consciousness. It can go horribly wrong or it can be the most amazing, beautiful, connective to the you know highest God soul experience. But set and setting intention this is going to matter moving forward there's no more wiggle room for a victim consciousness or a poor me consciousness or a powerlessness excuse it's time to like empower ourselves it's time to own our gifts and own what we know and feel and let our solar plexus our um internal Uh, will and knowing system we all have it we all have our inner compass we just have to slow down enough and get quiet enough to to listen to see where it's directing and guiding us and i feel like now is the time there's really no 
there's no time to lose with this. It's getting on our square. Yes. Literally. Yes. It's at the door. It is. It's at hand. It's at, we're in the threshold. I feel like the next date I want to take a look at is something really juicy. And this is the exact Pluto return for the U.S., which is coming up. I'm not sure where this is going to air, but it's 2-22 of this year, of 2024. So 2-2-2-2-0-2-4. <laughs> That's when Pluto is, the Pluto return for the United States is exact. And when we look this up, When we look up what the galactic signature is of that date, again, it's a tonate. So we have the integrity, modeling, harmony, and that infinity symbol again, upright. Tonate, once again, also red, but serpent this time. So it's a tonate serpent, which is about surviving, life force, and instinct. So again, we're getting in tune with our gut knowledge. And all the serpent folks I've ever met are super sexual, just humming with life force and kundalini and root chakra, second chakra, just they have a vibe about them. And like, you just kind of want to lick them. Like they're so like there's something good, (laughs) juicy there, you know, it's beautiful. And we're actually in, ooh, we're actually in the red serpent wave spell right now. And I'm born in that wave spell. Today is my galactic birthday. It's a red overtone moon day today, which is why we, Nish and I chose this day. Yes. Um, so tuning into that serpentine energy of how close it is to the earth and how instinctual it is. It's that reptilian brain that we all have that. I had this friend who had a little boy and he would meet someone and he'd go, I don't yike that Yeti. <laughs> and his mom would be like, shush, shush, shush. And he'd be like, I don't yike her. <laughs> and I, when, when I think about the serpent, I think I don't yike that Yeti. Like there's no filter there. There's no apology. There's no people pleasing. It's just like, nope. Mm-mm. And it's immediate acceptance of what your instincts are. And I feel like we could all use a nice spoonful of that in this year. Yes, 100%. This particular glyph on the Pluto return is also guided by the moon again. So we have this universal water, the energy of purification and flow, and also that, um, you know, space as universal water and instinct, life force. It's all in this red realm of the red tribes. This is where we're like bouncing from tribe to tribe and different connotations of it. But it's essentially the same because the dragon initiates birth as life force, as universal water, as space, as navigation. So how are we going to navigate? It's from our instincts. It's from what we feel in our gut and what we know. That's the roadmap, in my opinion. Something else of note, with this 222-24 is it falls in the mirror wave, the white mirror wave. That's like the the origin energy of it. It's called Etsnab in um, the Mayan, but it symbolizes flint 
or an obsidian knife that like hall of mirrors that glinting blade sharp if anyone's ever napped flint napped or made their own blade from obsidian and done primitive skills things or has a um interest in working with obsidian it is so sharp it's like a glass like substance made from hardened lava so it's this super like slice your finger off level of sharpness it can be and that's like the like before steel there was flint and obsidian so this is what this mirror is referring to it's like a hall of mirrors yes but it's also that like sharp blade of what you see you can't unsee it's sharp in that like like the ace of swords type of sharp once you know you know and there's no going back it's like scorched earth we're moving forward from here and another keyword of the mirror is reflects endlessness and order so there's going to be an order coming from this alignment with pluto returning in in the for the us there's an order it's going to take you know anyone that's ever tried to like feng shui their house or clean out a closet you have to kind of make a big mess most times before you get or you have to sort you have to chuck things you have to decide there's a process to it so i feel like we're kind of in this like does this spark joy what are we going to let go of but i feel like thanks to the mirror energy and a lot of other aspects i'm seeing here it's really not going to be a huge thought process we're just going to know we're just going to instinctually sign up to it and i don't think it's going to be very like mentally stressful it's going to be very like body guided instinctually guided is my feeling on it well that's a gift i like it when things flow like that mhm we just have to listen and we all know how we just maybe we've forgotten or it's a little dull but use that mirror to like sharpen sharpen your skills again of discernment and honoring what you know inside of yourself so let me just backtrack a minute so when pluto enters the constellation of capricorn the celestial sea goat on 13 right which already happened the galactic signature of that was the blue planetary eagle right so we have this goat fish that's linked to you know if you want to look at it the ancient gods of like uh sumeria and akkadia we have this like water slash civilization slash cultural advancement in the sea associations to like anki aea right sometimes there's an association for capricorn to them so with pluto and capricorn the infrastructure of our societies will be experiencing an overhaul i feel like this is to be expected and i'm hopeful that it's going to end well <laughs> but it's going to be messy i think and there's going to be a lot of corruption that might be exposed there might be themes of reclaiming power which also can get kind of intense pluto is going to approach the constellation of capricorn and like in the beginning of this it connects with 
one of the Bohemian stars, and for those who are like ceremonially aligned or work with like medieval astrology, these stars are known as like associated with magic, right? And the one that it's that Capricorn is aligning with is in the constellation of Altair, or um, the constellation of Aquila, Aquila, the eagle. And it's specifically with Altair. That's the Bohemian star. And the constellation of Aquila, I'm not saying this right, but it's known for like, I don't know, 3,500 years or more as the eagle constellation. And Altair is also associated or known as the eagle star. So there's this interesting connection again coming up with the eagle. Yes. Inter- this is interesting. It's so like, what is going on? I mean, <laughs> I think there's 15 total Bohemian or fixed stars. And um, the meaning of Bohemian comes from the root word Bahman, which is considered like a source of magic and a source of um, benevolence. But anyway. I digress. I just see these overlaps and it's really kind of kind of mind blowing, honestly. It's the magic. Mm-hmm. The bigger magic of the weave. We really are woven in. Also interestingly to note in- interesting to note that the eagle, you know, of course is is a sacred bird in many cultures associated with storms, thunder, lightning, and the power of the storms, but it's also the bird that's our emblem as a country. And it was also the Roman countries, <laughs> Roman empires emblem, and also the Nazis. <laughs> what? So, yeah, well, the Eagles, a master. The eagle's a master out there in the in the bird kingdom, and it's a powerful, powerful, potent symbol. So it makes sense that uh, where it's applied, we can see great power for good or for bad, whatever you want to look at. But we can see the greatness of what the eagle energy represents. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And just drawing the connotation to the Scorpio constellation, which is at the the stinger points to the galactic center of the Milky Way, there's three forms of the Scorpio. There's the scorpion, there's the eagle, and then there's the phoenix. So I would like to think that we're rising up from that like chthonic sort of intensity of the Scorpio in his first version and perhaps we're moving and elevating ourselves, uplifting, evolving into the Eagle. Yes. This is maybe an opportunity for that. I would like to think so. I I'm with you. I see it. I can feel it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just going back to Capricornian Capricorn energy, they're master manifestors. Anyone that you know that's a Capricorn is like full on all the people I can think of are intense master manifestors are leaders 
strong individuals and determined. They rise up from the Capricorn goatfish rises up from the ocean and climbs up to the mountains. So again, we have this um, dominion of land and sea going on. I've always and, been super impressed with, in particular, Capricorn women. I always have Capricorn women around me. They seek me out. I think I'm the most impressed with the Capricorn women. I am in fear of some of them because they're potent as, as hell. And they are uh, intense leaders. They can be overwhelming, actually. But I have learned so much from that particular energy here in this kind of this realm that we're learning Absolutely. in. Yeah, they like kick ass big time. <laughs> that could be the the logo under Capricorn. They kick ass big time. Their tenacity is really un, unmatched and their impulse towards achievement. And the other thing about Capricorn as an energy, it governs societal structures and governments and financial systems. So expect some movement here around those themes. I feel like the underworld is revealing itself, the dark underbelly, the undercurrent, that which is hidden under the sea, if you want to think of it in that term. I think we're going to let us see a lot of things being revealed yes. in the coming years, especially. Yeah. Um, so it, it, if you think of it as like ruling the bones and the skeletal system, it's like the framework that everything is hung on that's what capricorn governs too so i mean that's that's so juicy to think of like the actual bones and framework that everything is hung on will be in impossible transformation or or ready for a revision at the very least i'm here for it bring it on yeah that's basically what i wanted to share and i know it's kind of a lot and especially for folks who aren't familiar with the mayan dream spell it's a you know different system from other um astrologies and such but i hope it was clear enough and tied in enough with references that folks can kind of get the gist can pick up what I'm putting down. So these are the energies that are going to be running for all of 2024. So we looked at what was going on for the one, one kickoff and that's just going to be for the year, but for I think 40 years or longer, it's going to be, kind of the vibe with Capricorn and, and Pluto. And then in the one, one stuff you did that, is that the Mayan stuff? Yeah. And so the Mayan stuff goes by, it also recognizes like yearly cycles. It's a 260 day cycle. So it's not quite a full year. It's like almost three quarters of a year. So it's not based on the calendar our Gregorian calendar. It's its own matrix there. But the galactic signature for the Mayan for the New Year's Day of this year was the red galactic Skywalker. 
so for the whole year, yes, it will have that signature carried with it. Just like when you have your birthday, you look at what day in the Mayan calendar it falls on and that's your that's your vibe for the whole year until your next birthday. Navier Alora, I love you. How do people find you in the world? Thank you so much, Nish. This has been so cathartic and inspiring. And thank you for everyone listening. I'm happy to share and hope that it inspires and fosters healing and empowerment for folks listening. People can contact me via my new easy to schedule website, which is awanderingwitch.as.me. Or you can go to my link tree, which has all my social media contacts as well, which is L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E backslash A Wandering Witch. Thank you so much, my darling. And thank you everyone that hears our words and hears what we're talking about. We are talking to you out there and only you, the people that hear us. The rest, it's all right. We're just other voices in the wind and it's all right. So thank you for being here in the cosmic salon, everyone. I want to thank the producers of this show. Cass, mother goose, Claire Cathcart, Denise Bissell, egg tooth, Liz Radikin, inky, Eric Peterson, Heather, Jake Vanek, Kate Kukulkan, Carrie, Laura Dunn, Leela Marie, Lynn Radius, Marcy Shapiro, Mark Betcher, Melanie Poe, Mia Bell, Myra, Neil McNaughton, Noelle Jeanette, Pamela Hodal, Rod Knight, Sarah Etta, Stephen Mercer, Susan Jenkins, Susan Miller, Wise Night Owl, Lady Babs, our moderator, and Meredith that runs the socials out there, the website, and does all the bookings. Meow Face Killer on Instagram. I want to thank all the other patrons that come through Patreon or support in other ways with your time and energy, with your vibrations of love and your open hearts and open minds. Thank you very much for being here and spending time, the most valuable of assets in the realm of time. The dreamer loves the dream. The dreamer feeds the dream. The dreamer awakens within the dream. Thank you for dreaming here with me in the Cosmic Salon.